There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Show. I am Blake Harrison. Joining me as ever is Stuart Whiffin. Um, how are you, mate? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, I'm lying. I'm a little bit hungover. Oh, go on then. What happened? Uh, just a mate out of the blue yesterday was just like, do you fancy going for a pint? And I don't ever do daytime drinking or Sunday drinking. And it was bloody lovely. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there so was you're some... saying to all the listeners, you know, please go and do daytime and Sunday drinking. That's... I'm, I'm recommending it. Recommend... <laughs> Yesterday I would have recommended it. it. This morning, probably not so much. Ah. So uh... so what would Monday Whiffin say to Sunday Whiffin? Grow up. <laughs> well, I mean, I could say that to any Whiffin. Um, but yeah, no, no, nice, nice. You had a nice little weekend, a nice little drink down the pub. Right, it was all right. It was all right. Um, and uh, you obviously watched some fights. I did. Um, this is what we're here for. We're here to talk about UFC New Mexico. Yeah. And uh, we're going to have a little, uh, not not a deep dive, uh, definitely not a deep dive, uh, a little shallow step paddle. in. It's paddle in the puddle. That is... Uh, <laughs> have you ever said paddle in the puddle before? Paddle in the puddle. I love the sound of it. It I'm feels really it. nice in my mouth. Um, paddle in the puddle of, uh, you know, the... PFL, Bellator, champ versus champ stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't really watch it. Well, it was a few bob. It was a few bob. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll right. get, we're going to start right. with the UF. Well, first of all, we're going to start with our, our lovely sponsors. Yes, ferociousfightwear.com. Um, if you can see on the, 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 the table here, we've got a nice rash guard. Uh, there's some wraps. There's some. There's a gum shield. Um, there's also shorts available and all sorts of stuff. Uh, they're a fantastic little independent business. Um, they reached out to us, asked if they could be involved in the show, which was fantastic. And uh, I can't recommend their stuff enough. So... Uh, if you like what you see there, there's so much more other stuff. Head over to ferociousfightwear.com. There you go. Okay. UFC right. Mexico. Mexico. Yes. Um, look, let's start 
with the Brit that was on the card, Chris Duncan, mm-hmm. former guest of the show. Lovely we had bloke. him on a little while ago. Lovely bloke. Sadly, it wasn't a great night for him in the end, but it started. I mean, well, it was over very quickly, but it started pretty well for clipped him. him. Clip, I, I, I clipped him seems like an understatement. He, he landed a big shot. Uh, Manuel Torres, who's looking very good, mm. but he's no mug. He could go on to be a ranked fighter mm-hmm. very, very soon. Um, Chris landed a big shot on him, and it, I, I felt like watching it, and again, caveat, never been in a fight, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I felt watching it that, you know those moments you see with fighters where you go, oh, it was really great that they showed patience because they wobbled him, but then they showed patience and that, you know, they didn't rush in too much. I kind of felt like the opposite happened with Chris. I felt like he had him really rattled for a mm. bit and he should have gone for him. And instead, he almost, in my opinion, showed maybe too much patience. Manuel got his head together again yeah. and was able to end up getting into a clinch and a takedown, taking back. And as we see here on the big screen, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're not and you're on the podcast, we've got a big screen up with, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Chris getting choked out by Manuel Torres. Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, I get what you're saying, but it could easily have been a different story. He could have rushed in and and, and gassed himself out. And, yep. and, and he's a, a weird one, I guess, if you clip someone and you're confident in your power then maybe you think that, you know... I'll clip him again. I'll clip him again. Yeah. But that ain't how it went. Um, no. But, um, yeah, best of uh, best wishes to, to Chris. Hope he recovers and uh, and comes back because he's, uh, he's a great fighter and I'm sure uh, he's got a very exciting future in MMA. Yes. We, uh, we're going to just rattle for a couple of quick bits on the card. But before we get on to what I think is the main talking points, which is obviously the, the co-main and, and the main event. Yeah. Um, Yasmin Yaragi versus Sam Hughes. It felt like it was a setup for Yasmin to win this mm-hmm. fight. She's 10 and 1. Sam Hughes is like 8 and 5, now 8 and 6. Mm-hmm. Uh, it played out that I think Yaragi was was levels above. Sam Hughes was was, you know, showed heart and willing and all those things. UFC mm-hmm. should keep her around to put on good fights. Yep. But it, it, there was levels there. Um and then uh Raul Rosas Jr. Injured, it's or not injured, but sick. So it looked like he was actually he had like an illness or something, and was on the day of the fight had to pull out due to illness. Well, you see him walking into the arena. Yeah, there was footage of him walking into the arena. So I don't know if that fight had been pulled at that point. It looked like he was just going into the arena to yeah. get set. To, I think to, he to, warmed to up. Fire. Um, but from what I gather, is one of the things that you don't do in Mexico is drink the water, and apparently, really? he drank the water. Is yeah. It, I've not so, heard this. Yeah, that was what I read online. So you don't drink the water in Mexico? From what I gather, it's bottled water. Um, I mean, you know, Mexicans, let me know if I'm talking bollocks. But, um, yeah, that's what it said. You, apparently, rule number one is you don't drink the water. And he drank the water. Oh, no. Is he is he American with Mexican heritage? Because he, he does the whole sombrero, sombrero thing yeah. and all that. You would think he would know that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, like, there's a lot of stuff flying around online. The uh, this internet stuff. Like, oh yeah. there's a lot of stuff on there. I've mate. heard about this internet <laughs> yeah, stuff. It's going to catch on, mate. Yeah, but yeah, that, that was that was what I read. So I don't know. If, Where did uh, you read this, Stuart? Uh, the internet. <laughs> like, uh, on the on the MAGA website where they hate all the Mexicans. <laughs> you can't even drink the water down there. Don't do it, kids. Oh, don't don't. Oh, yeah. But um, but yeah, it was it was a shame because. 
obviously he had that that loss, and and I think everybody was was hating on him a little bit because he he come yeah. into. He came into a lot of hype quite quickly, didn't he? Yes. And then in his well, last... the youngest UFC yeah. fighter on the roster, yeah. wasn't and he? come back in last time and put on a great display. So I was looking forward to seeing him fight. Yeah. Um, but that didn't happen. It didn't. But one fight that was great and a fighter that looked phenomenal was uh, Zell Huber. Mm. Zell Huber looked great against Francisco Prado. They had a, a Mexico versus Argentina thing mm-hmm. going on there. First round was a bit more, a bit closer. Yep. And then second round, Zell Huber just pieced him up. Mm. The jabs and the kicks and all that. Just like, he looked really good. Mm. Six foot one at lightweight. Again, not quite as tall as like a Jalen Turner, mm. for example, or a Sam Patterson. Uh, but a big rangy striker that has a decent jab on him. I think he could do good things as well. Mm. Him and Manuel Torres, I think, are people to look out for in that yeah. lightweight division could go on and have some really fun fights. Um Right. Shall we get on to the co-main event of the evening? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, this was a great fight. Great fight. Um, and I didn't know how this was going to play out. We know that Yair, we're talking Yair and Ortega, obviously. Um, we know that Yair is a, a savage and and he lived up to that. Like, I, I, I love him. Uh, Brian Ortega... When was he? When was his last fight? His last fight was it the Volk fight, or am I making it up? We're gonna to have to pull up Tapology now. Um, but uh, I, I think it was. It might have been the Volk fight, which was a long. I mean, he hasn't fought for like two years, yeah. so it would make sense. And so I weren't weren't too sure. And in that first round, I was like, "Oh, he's he he's looking a little ring rusty," and and Yair looked very much in control. I thought. Um, but as, as we've seen time and time again, like... You His last... I'm so sorry to interrupt. The last fight was the Yair fight where he lost due to a shoulder injury. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was the last fight. But yeah, carry on what you're saying. Yeah, and I think when... When he gets sort of... I think he's at his most dangerous when he's maybe at his most vulnerable. I think he just pull stuff out of the bag, mm. which is what we saw uh, on, on this fight. Yep. Also, did you did you start or did you just watch it on, on, on Sunday morning? No, I just watched it Sunday morning mm. and by the time the main event came on, yeah. I had the kids with me and everything because they got back from swimming. Mm. But uh, but yeah, I just, I, I got up and watched it. Um, I'm just looking at Brian Ortega's record now. He had that undefeated run uh, up until he fought Max Holloway for the belt and Max Holloway pieced him up. Then he took like a year and the best part of uh, a year and a half off, or maybe even the best part of two years actually mm. off and then came in against Chang Sung Jun with his shaved head mm. and he looked phenomenal. Like his striking had vastly improved. He had a completely different style, looked really, really good. I mean, he always then, looks good, doesn't he? Well, I mean, that, that, look, no, look, I mean, look at him, they're handsome boys, oh, yeah. aren't they? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, in that way, yes, he always looks good. Uh, unless you're looking at him after the fight. Um, but, yeah, he got pieced up by Max, then came back nearly two years away, fought Chang Sung Jun, was incredible. Like, yeah. really smashed up Korean Zombie in a way that no one thought he would. Then goes on and fights Volk, where we saw that, I mean, he got Volk in a couple of dodgy positions, but ultimately mm. Volk, again, kind of smashed him around for a lot of that fight. Mm. Then he comes back... Uh, and fights Yair and uh, gets that shoulder, pops out the socket in, in like round one. Um, and then he's taken basically, yeah, again, a year and a half to two years off mm. and come back and looked 
sensational other than that first round. It seems like Brian Ortega is his best when he's not been in the cage for like a year and a half. Yeah. That seems to be when he does his, his best work. So do you think that there was any part of Yair that was looking past him? I think potentially. I mean, before we get on to that, I think that, we have to just acknowledge Brian Ortega's chin. Mm-hmm. I mean, unbelievable. He should have been finished in that first round, I yeah. think. I mean, not that the ref necessarily should have stepped in or anything, but just like, he was so close to, mm. to, to being finished. Jair was all over him. I don't yeah. know if Jair should have stood back up and got, got him back to the feet mm. rather than being in his guard and slamming away. Yeah. Um, but he seems to be so unbelievably durable, Brian Ortega. He seemed to just go in that second round. Okay, I'm just going to absorb your shots to get into the clinch to take you down, mm. and then we're in my world, and that's that's when I'm going to sort yeah. things out. Uh, but yeah, he just he just waded through Yair's strikes, mm. which is not an easy thing to do. I mean, Yair hits hard. He's got yeah. great kicks. I, I don't know. It was it was it was a real. Real showing of Ortega's arguably his best attribute alongside his, his grappling, obviously, is just his toughness and yeah. his durability. Because um, he's so hard to get to finish. Yeah. So hard to finish. Um, and that is an underrated quality. However, I, I don't know that it's a quality that's going to win you the belt. Mm. Um, as we've seen when he's fought Max, when he's fought Volk. And we can talk about what he goes on to next. But you, um, you mentioned uh, uh, as Yair looked past Ortega because well, he was having the beef with Tapuria, and there was a beef. Y- y- Ortega coming off of a year and a half or more out the cage when he's already lost to Yair, albeit through an injury on a two-fight losing streak. Again, albeit to Volk and then the injury. Um, I think Yair and a lot of people were thinking, well, there's beef between him and Tapuria. We don't know if Volk's going to take time off or not. We as fans have already said that we think we would mm. like Volk to take time off so that he's not just rushed straight back in there with Tapuria who might knock him out again. Uh, and so the, the thing was, if Tapuria fights in the summer and maybe fights in Spain or anything like that, Mexico versus Spain, uh, you know, two Spanish-speaking, uh, exciting strikers, fighters going at it would be great business mm. for the UFC. And so, yeah, he was doing a lot of talk about Tapuria. Maybe he did look past him. I don't really want to sort of dwell on this because I don't think there was uh, any wrongdoing as such. But the stoppage was uh, a little bit interesting because he was tapping <coughs> and Goddard had stepped in. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think Ortega said he didn't hear it. Yeah. Because Goddard yeah. was saying, stop, stop, stop. And yeah. then when he got up, he was like saying to him, I told you to stop. Yeah. But... Ortega looked genuinely like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I, I, and and Goddard put a, a thing out on, on on socials saying, look, there's nothing to see here. He yeah. went like, you know, he's always been the consummate professional. Like, yeah. And uh, yeah, there was nothing uh, negative about that. But I, I do, I did think as it was happening, I was like, fucking hell, let go of him. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. But uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he couldn't. I mean, he almost got, te- I think he probably did 10 de- 8 in round yeah. one. Yeah. And mm. then, uh, and his face was battered and smashed up. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he couldn't hear very well <laughs> after so all that. Where does this put Ortega then in the mix? Like, what, what do we see coming next for him? Because is it a. I, I mean, if they're going to take that bit of time out for Volk to recover, like, because we're presuming at some point Volk's going to get the rematch with Tapurier. 
does Ortega get a crack at it? I think it's possible. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I think really Ortega should maybe get one more win. However, I don't know if you can pull up the uh, uh, UFC rankings on there or anything, or if I can pull them up here. But, uh, you know, when you look at that featherweight division, obviously Volk, we don't know what's going on with Volk. I would love him to take some time. Max Holloway is booked up fighting Justin Gaethje. Mm -hmm. The chances of that not being an epic five-round war and Max Holloway being quite badly beaten up as well, even if he won the fight, I think it's very, very slim. So I think you've got Volkanovski. Ideally, I'd like to see him take a little break. Holloway, he's booked up with um, uh, Justin Gaethje. Brian Ortega will be ranked third. And then you've got Movsar Evloev, who is come, it really should maybe fight for the belt. He did technically beat Arnold Allen, even though I scored it for Allen, and mm. I think that you know, it wasn't the best. Uh, but Dana isn't a fan of Movsar. He said that, you know, he doesn't find him overly exciting. I don't think the fans do. I don't think the fans do. I think Tapuria has said the guy's never got a finish. Do you do Movsar versus Ortega as a guaranteed number one contender fight? But then that means Tapuria's on the bench for a little bit longer. Unless they do just do... If they're going to do Volk versus Tapuria, the rematch in the summer, I don't like it. I want Volk to take a break. However, then you do Ortega versus Mobzar, winner gets the next crack. Max Holloway is always in with a shout, mm. but we don't know what's going to happen with Justin Gaethje. And as we've said before, fighting Justin Gaethje is like being in a car crash. You're going to be battered and need a break for a while after that. Other than that, Allen's coming off a loss, even though I think he won. Emmett uh, is coming off that big win over Bryce Mitchell, but before that, he lost to Yair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calvin Cater's got Aljamain Sterling. I mean, I, I think Ortega's in a really good spot. Mm. I think he could sneak in there. They do a Spain card in the summer, and Volk's not quite ready yet. I think Ortega is ahead of Movsar just in the UFC's eyes because they find him a bigger star, more he exciting guy. Star. And he, Well, yeah, he is. So... So, yeah, so I think I think Brian could sneak into a title shot, which mm. is mad because I think Taporia would beat the shit out of him. Mm. I really – but then that's what Ortega does. He gets the shit, beat, shit beaten out of him, and then he seems to somehow win the fight. Volk beat the um, shit out of him, and, and any other fighter, Volk uh, – uh, he would have stopped him. But yeah. he's only the Volk used some sort of witchcraft to get yeah. out of them, <laughs> them jokes. <laughs> Like, but any, anybody else, Ortega would have done what we've just seen him do. <laughs> the Australian witchcraft that he used. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, honestly, yeah. So I, 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 think, um, I think Ortega's in a really good spot. I mean, he's going to need some time to heal up as well. Yeah. But hell, if they do something in June, July yeah. with, uh, with Taporia, I think Ortega could sneak in there no problem. Okay. Let's go over to... Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To the, uh, the little fellas. Um, the little guys. Uh, Moreno versus uh, Roy Val. Um, I, I thought this was good. I enjoyed mm-hmm. this. First um, round was a bit lackluster, but after that, it really picked up. Right, so. So we're going to talk about the scoring, I'm yes. assuming, because I think we've probably scored this differently. There has been a little bit of contention about it. The judges were split. I believe two judges gave it 48-47 in favour of Roy Val, mm-hmm. and one judge gave it 49-46 in favour of Moreno. I don't know what that, that guy was watching. Oh, maybe we are on a similar page then. Because right. I agree I agree with you. There's been a lot of talk uh, on other podcasts and, and, and some other things I've seen about the fact that Roy Val uh, threw a huge amount of strikes, like a record-breaking almost amount of strikes, maybe yeah. just second only to Max Holloway. But his accuracy was poor. Mm. And he didn't actually land a huge amount of strikes. Mm. So I don't know if that's swaying people a lot or what. I don't know. But... You talk me through how you scored the fight because maybe we're more similar than I thought. So the first round I thought was really tight. I didn't think yeah. there was loads in it. Nah. And I went back and re-watched it, Ooh. the first round, because on first watch I gave the first round to Royval. Okay. Um, work with me on this. Where was you on that first I, round? I lent Moreno, but honestly, I could have gone either way. Like, I literally put down not much action, could have gone either way. Um, Raval injured his foot, but mm. I'd lent Moreno. I mean, just quickly as well, uh, on Ortega. Ortega, we mentioned yeah. that, jumped up and rolled his ankle, didn't he? Like, literally um, before the fight. Jesus Christ. <laughs> could have been a bad... <laughs> facing yeah. Yair Rodriguez back to back. Yeah. And then he just injured his shoulder, then injured his ankle. But yeah, you know, good on him for coming back from that. But again, the toughness of Ortega. Yeah. Anyway, back to uh, Roy Val and Moreno. Who, who did you give the second round to? I think I gave it to Moreno. I think he landed a big shot. Roy Val started to come back, landed a couple of knees, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think I lent Moreno because he uh, he just... His footwork was, was, was solid, Moreno's. Uh, I uh, think uh, Moreno's overall performance was not great by well, Moreno standards. I, I gave every other round to Royval. So what did you, so you gave Potentially one, one. So you gave it 49, 46 Royval. And then and I gave three, four, and five to Royval, and I go, uh, to, and I gave number two to Moreno. Well, look, I, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with your scorecard because I gave rounds three, four, and five to Royval. Yeah. I gave, I think, Royval come back in the third. Crisp combos look good. Royval in the fourth. Moreno was looking tired. Moreno threw some um, good leg kicks. Yeah, yes, he was. So some good leg kicks at the end of combinations. But I don't think that that accumulatively did enough to combat what Royval was in doing. that sort of fourth round, it, it felt that, like, 
he like Royval got the measure of the canter because as he was throwing yeah. them them shots. Moreno was looking for that overhand shot. Looping like, hooks. Like, looping yeah, not the crisp and, and boxing it, we see from and Moreno it, often. And it felt in that round that Royval was like, I know this is coming now and I'm, yeah. out, I'm out of the way. And, yeah. and it wasn't working then after no. that. It, it, it felt that he sort of uh, come in. I thought there was some... Uh, in the fifth round, I thought, you know, Moreno come out looking like he was. Mm-hmm. he had to pull something off here. Yeah. Um, and it was and he, a, he had a close did, round. And he threw some big shots. But yeah. I think just the relentless shots from Roy Val. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, watching it, I mean, I saw the stats at the end about the, the punches thrown and the accuracy and stuff. It all looked, the jab was, was lightning and it just felt like it, it was working. I mean, Moreno yeah. looked, you know, a little bit bashed up as, 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 as it went on. Um, I know before they went to the, the judges, they cleaned up uh, Moreno's face, but he was he was bloodied up, and I, yep. I, I, I thought Royval clearly deserved that. I don't understand if anybody would have scored that for Moreno to win. I, I mean, look, I think for me, I went into the fifth round with it being even, uh, but but I, I wouldn't have had any problem with you saying that round one was either yeah. fighter's round. It was so mm. inactive and there wasn't much going on. But I went in with that being even and then in round five, I just gave it to Roy Val. But it was close. There was Herb Dean was very quick to pull him off the fence and keep the action going. In that going. last round, it was, yeah. like, he was relentless on that. He really was. But I, again, as a fight fan, I didn't mind it because it didn't look like much was going on. It, it was it, just holding him there really, wasn't he? There, he wasn't working to, to... It didn't look like there was yeah. any sort of purpose to use that position to no. do something. And, oh, I'm presuming, probably exhausted. And well, he didn't. Well, they were in New Mexico, which is high altitude. Yeah. But then uh, Moreno is from Mexico. I imagine he was training at that kind of altitude for the fight anyway. Roy Val... Uh, Apparently trains at a higher altitude anyway. Yeah, from well, what actually, was Dominic Cruz looked like he was getting that a bit confused. I don't know if it was a higher or lower or whatever, but he trained... Was he in Denver, Colorado or something right, like that? Okay. Which is a high altitude place. But I don't know whether Mexico is higher, like, whatever it is. But the point is, both of them probably do train at altitude. Yeah. Uh, but Roy Val looked like he had cardio for days mm-hmm. coming off the back of he this fight. He looked great. He looked... He looked good. Um... But again, he, he wasn't landing huge shots or anything like that. It was an accumulation. It was a volume thing. Uh, he What he impressed me with was, I think Moreno saw that Pantoja fight and went, oh, well, the path to victory here is to take you down and sit on you for a bit and I can just do that. And he clearly doesn't have the skill set or the, the grappling acumen of Pantoja because... Pantoja was able to do that so easily. And Roy Val maybe has fixed a hole in his game there, I don't know. But he was very quick to defend the clinches and the takedowns and any opportunity to be put on his back, mm. get up and all those kind of things. So Roy Val did well in and that respect. The champ was there as well, wasn't he? He was, he was cage side. Um, mm. And possibly the most animated post-fight interview with, uh, with, with Roy Val. He, he kind of grabbed the moment. Did you, did you see this? I don't know that I... Did to, oh, oh, do you know what it was? My son was with me and he was swearing every other word. So I kept just you like, shouldn't let to your kid do down. that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My son's got a this fucking up. fight, uh, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy looks shit. No, um, no, Roy Val was swearing yeah. constantly. And uh, so I didn't really listen to it much. There was the, the MF was coming out all the time. And when I was just they like, then oh, translate that into Portuguese, do they still leave? That Spanish, it would be. Spanish, sorry. Would they uh, still keep that in there? Oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I didn't wonder <laughs> <that>. one. <laughs> like, because he was. 
it he was, was, he was dropping that. Other yeah. word. Uh, so yeah, so I uh, yeah, I mean the best thing about that whole fight for me really was seeing Pantoja there giving it the five and oh. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. He's five and oh against both these fighters, yeah. and you're just like, mate. You've just you've just killed those like any chance these two have got of a rematch. Yeah. You just killed it with just that to me. Because I mean, weird division because they were sort of talking about Moreno's like last fights, and it's literally just rematch, rematch, rematch yep. with like essentially Royval Figgy and uh, Pantoja. Um, well, that let's 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 go into that because look, three hundred one need UFC three hundred one needs a main event. They're in Brazil. They're in Rio, as far as I'm aware. Pantoja is Brazilian. You would have thought that the fight to have done would have been Alex Pereira versus Jamal Hill, but I think they ran into so many blockades with UFC 300, yeah. with whoever they wanted to headline that card. They've ended up way down the list, and they've taken away from UFC 301 to put it on UFC 300. Mm-hmm. So what headlines UFC 301? You would imagine at least one of the main or co-main or whatever will be a Brazilian. Mm. Charles Oliveira is on UFC 300. Mm-hmm. Alex Pereira is on UFC 300. Um, Jelton Almeida is supposed to be fighting Curtis Blades. I can't remember when, but it's going to be soon. So mm-hmm. if Jelton Almeida wins, and I don't think he will, I think Curtis Blades will win. If he wins, does he take on Tom Aspinall in Rio? Maybe. I don't know if Tom would want that, but... We'll have to wait and see. I think it's a very winnable fight for Tom. Surely um, Tom's Manchester. Well, I, I mean, if you're Tom, I think being a guy that the UFC can rely on mm. and just go, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Because he could go, yeah, I'll fight in uh, UFC 301, which would be in May. And if he fights a Jelton Almeida and just boxes him up in a round, which I think he could do because Jelton Almeida is quite small for that division. Mm. And Jelton Almeida is... Not a great striker. He's a very good grappler, but he'll be two stone lighter than Tom or whatever he'll be. And he'll be, uh, I think he'll be there to, for Tom to use his footwork and just smash about the place. He could mm. headline UFC 301 and then uh, and then go to Manchester and fight there. But then you've also got Leon Balal, uh, which could do Manchester. Mm. So I don't know. There's, there's options there, but I'm just wondering what you can do for everyone because there's not many options in terms of Brazilian champions and fighters mm. that can headline. And I'm just thinking, do you need to use Pantoja? And if you do need to use Pantoja as your headliner for UFC 301 to have a Brazilian in there, who does he fight? As Brandon, Mar- Brandon Royval, sorry, done enough with this win that's a controversial win in some people's eyes when he was beaten by Ta- Pantoja so easily only like two, three months well, ago. Longer, was it? So as, can, can they book Roy Val Pantoja again? What else is there? I don't want to see it. I tell you, well, I think they would have booked Moreno had Moreno won because the last fight was at least a close, mm. really good fight. So that made sense. But Roy Val Pantoja doesn't make any sense to me. You look down at that flyweight division, Amir Albazi's injured. Mm -hmm. I would like to have seen him got a shot. He was supposed to be fighting Moreno, but Roy Val stepped in for him because he was injured, so it can't be him. I don't want to see Roy Val. Kai Kara France, I believe, is injured, Mm -hmm. uh, so it won't be him, and he maybe hasn't earned a title shot yet. No, I don't think he's... he's Mateus Nicolau, I think maybe is, is Mateus Nicolau coming off a loss or something, but he was supposed to be fighting Manel Cap. Manel Cap can't make weight, so you can't give it to Manel Cap. And then you get... Alex Perez, who is fighting 
this Saturday come in against Mohamed Mokayev. For me, the stars could have aligned here and we could get at 3-0-1, especially if Mokayev gets a finish over Perez. Mokayev Pantoja for the belt. It might be a bit early for Mokayev, but I think that this is just, as I say, stars have aligned. Roy Val winning this fight has really opened the door for someone at flyweight to, to just kind of kick it in mm. and go, I'm the next guy. And especially if they need Pantoja for 301, there's not many options out there. So for me, Mohamed Mikhaev gets a win this weekend against Alex Perez, will be ranked seventh, and he's undefeated. I think he might get a shot against Pantoja. That's a great shot. That's a great shot. Be great for Mikhaev. Mm. I mean... It'd be great for us as well. UK MMA having yeah. another title challenger Absolutely. there. And he's undefeated. No one's figured out that puzzle yet. I know he's had issues in some fights where he's not looked as good as we thought he would be. But he's very young. This could very be great. flexible. His, his leg can literally bend the wrong way. Jesus Christ, that was just sickening. But, um, but yeah, I, I really think that that could be an interesting fight. Mm. I do. I would think Pantoja would be the favourite if they made that fight. I don't know. I, 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 I think if you're Makayev, you get a finish this weekend and you call for Pantoja, you say you'll fight him in Brazil, I think you've got your first ever title shot. I agree. I agree. That's exciting, man. That would be great. That would be a great fight. It would be nice for someone new to get their chance yeah. as well. You know, we were maybe hoping it would be Albazi because yeah. he's maybe done enough. But, um, but yeah, if it's Makayev, that could be really exciting. Really yeah. shake that division up a little bit. So, yeah, could be good. We've also seen this weekend the announcement that uh, UFC 303 is going to be at the Sphere. Um, is it really? Is, yeah. I did not see that. Yeah. I thought they were doing UFC Noche or whatever at the Sphere this time. Like 303. Oh, 303 uh, they're is, doing. Uh, is what they've announced. And, nice. Uh, with a nice big picture of the logo on the outside of the Sphere. Could that be Connor Chandler? And, uh, ooh. I mean, oh, I don't know. Because when would it be? So 300 is April, 301 will be May. 302, I'm guessing July. No, well, well, well When's June, Manchester? June. Manchester is meant to be July. So that Manchester might just be a fight night. Might then. just be a fight night. I you don't know if Lauren Tom's Lauren. on there or Leon's on there. That's a numbered card, surely. Yeah, but maybe it won't be. Maybe, right. maybe that won't be. So you think we got 300 in April, 301 probably May, 302 I'm assuming June, but then late June was meant to be a, a numbered card because that's what Connor was talking about, mm. but let's just say it's not. And then, yeah, 303 might be, I'm, I'm, I'm confusing myself now, would that be <laughs> July? <laughs> would that be July? Uh, I guess it's going to be there or there. International Fight Week? Well, International Fight Week's supposed to be late June now though, isn't mm. it? I don't know. I don't know, but I, I mean, do where, think... where are you going to put Conor McGregor? The sphere. I mean, that's got... It sounds about right, doesn't it? That's probably going to justify the ticket prices. And Dana has mentioned how, like, he wants the sphere to be, like, the greatest combat sports event ever. Yeah. He's like, what we could do in that place. And he seems more excited about doing it. The way he says it, anyway, is he's less inclined to... He's not as bothered about the financial implications of doing a show at the Sphere mm. like we would be with pretty much every other uh, fight. He's more interested in going, this is going to be something really special for the fans, all that stuff. You get Conor McGregor over at the Sphere. I don't know how many people it would hold, the Sphere, but... John Jones be ready to fight then. 
John Jones, as far as I'm aware, was like a 10-month break. So that would be August at the right, okay. earliest. But who knows? He's a freak of nature in a lot of ways. He might repair quickly, like Wolverine. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah. So that's... Um, I don't know what Moreno does next. He didn't look great compared mm. to normal. But mm. yeah, I don't know. Something else that went down at the weekend was the, 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 the PFL champions versus the Bellator champions in this yes. kind of, sort of hybrid event to kind of merge the, the, the businesses together. Um, and one of the things that we did also see was, was, was Francis was cage side um, with, with, with uh, trainer Mike Tyson. Yeah. Uh, and John Jones was there as well. I believe there was a little interaction. There's just a picture of them both mm-hmm. there um, at, at the moment. I mean... This is interesting that John Jones is there. I mean, I wonder why he's there. I mean, I presume that, you know, it's a very moneyed uh, event and maybe they wanted him there. Well, it was in Saudi, right? Yeah. And you know that they're always, you know, they've they've got money behind them. They've also got stake, I believe, in the PFL. There's Saudi money within the PFL now. Oh, okay. So it's very possible that they just went, look, what will give us... Ratings. What will make people interested in us is seeing John Jones and Francis Ngannou at the same event. Yeah. Lo- and and there's smart business sense in that because Lord knows Francis Ngannou probably isn't going to get invited back by Dana White to be at a UFC event. So it makes sense for the PFL to go. The only pl- time you're going to see John Jones and Francis Ngannou in the same place mm. is on our broadcast. So that's good business for them. I know they did an interview with him, which by all accounts was maybe... I don't know, not not the best or a bit awkward or mm. something, and they were putting it on him that, you know, we're doing, you know, uh, fight promotion versus fight promotion card mm. here and your Dana's never going to do that or UFC's yeah. never going to do that or something like that, um, which is true, but then you're doing promotion versus promotion now that you own the other promotion. It's not like you've gone to Cage Warriors or KSW yeah. or, or anything like that and, and done this. Um so, yeah, I mean, looking at the card, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. So I didn't watch it. Yeah. For me, it was a little bit steep because, all right, PFL acquiring Bellator now give them a lot of great fighters. You know, mm-hmm. you could argue Patchy Mix is the best bantamweight on the planet. I think I would say it's Mirab, but you, there's an argument to be made. Patchy Mix is a very, very good fighter. Johnny Eblin, would he beat Drickus Duplessis? Mm-hmm. Possibly. So you might have the best middleweight in the world there as well. But when I look at those fighters and I see that I have to have a subscription plus pay 20 quid on the, the pay-per-view yep. or whatever, I was like, I'm not, I'm not really down. I, I don't have the zone currently. Mm. Uh, um, I mean, at least with like, with your TNTs and all that, you're getting, you know, it, your football, your champions league, you, you, you know, not that I'm a big football fan anymore, but like you got your WWE wrestling, you got you got loads there yeah. plus the UFC. I am not aware of a huge amount that the zone has outside of boxing. And as if you've been a fan of the show for a while, you know I'm not a huge mm-hmm. boxing fan. So to get that subscription and to then pay twenty quid for this card just felt a little bit steep for me. Did you watch any of it? No, um, I've, I've seen. Uh, I, I saw the the, the the sort of footage of. Um, of uh, Ferreira uh, finishing Ryan Bader, uh, and I believe that um, that uh, the, the, the the Henham fight was the only PFL 
winner yeah. on the card. The Bellator fighters well, romped it. Well, yeah, if we, if we look at I mean, you've got Vadim Nemkov, who I think is brilliant. He's moved up to heavyweight now uh, and was the light heavyweight champion of the of Bellator for a long time, beating Bruno Capeloza. Jason Jackson, I mean, Ray Cooper III, I don't think he has... Uh, I don't think he won the, uh, Bella, the PFL... Um, tournament last year. I don't know who, I can't remember who won that tournament, but I don't think it was Ray Cooper. I don't think he's won that yeah. for a while. So Jason Jackson, who's the Bellator champion, who did really well beating uh, Yuroslav Amosov, yeah. like he's going to win that fight. Johnny Eblem, by all accounts, struggled with him, but Kasanganai, and again, PFL don't have a middleweight division, so as far as I'm aware, Impa, he was, well was, he, was he, I mean, this is probably something where I should have this information in front of me. So, so before uh, I start saying stuff, but Johnny Eblem, by all accounts, obviously he won, but it wasn't a uh, a great performance by all accounts. Yo Romero uh, beat Tiago Santos. Um, another win for AJ McKee. Um, uh, Clarissa Shields um, also uh, got the split win uh, over DeSantis. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess so. Helen's now the, the the heavyweight champ of the. The division. No. He he won the tournament, yeah, and right. then obviously champ v champ, and he so, beats Ryan Bader. And so, in theory, he's got to be next for Francis Ngannou as a PFL fighter on paper, right? Well, that's what they said before the um, AJ announcement. Or well, no, no, no. That's what they said before the fight. Before, before. Bader versus Ferreira. I think they realised mm -hmm. a little extra kind of way to get people interested in this is to go, Francis Ngannou's return to MMA will be to fight the winner of the Bellator champ, Ryan Bader, or the PFL champ, Henan Ferreira. So... Does that excite yeah. you? Um, sorry, I'm still trying to view on here the... Uh, the champion stuff uh, regarding uh, Impa Kasangana and stuff. I'm just trying to try to pull that up. So uh, he's beaten, beaten Ryan uh, Bader and his other wins. Yeah, so Ferreira was the champ. He was, he was the champ. So he, he, but all right. Does it excite me? I think Ferreira is about six foot seven. He's a big boy. He's a big old boy. He knocked Bader out pretty easily. Round one. Is he a name that I'm excited to see Ngannou fight? No. Um, does it make sense for Ngannou? Like, you've you got to put yourself in Ngannou's position. He's about... He's coming off of a fight where even though he lost, his stock rose dramatically in boxing, a sport he's always loved, where you get paid so much more to fight. And he's about to go and fight Anthony Joshua. Like... Henan Ferreira? Does Tyson that Fury, do it for you? AJ, and then Henan Ferreira. It, it's not doing much for you. I mean, look, if he gets humiliated by AJ, maybe going to fight Henan Ferreira is no bad thing. If he loses, that's, that's a real tumble from Grace. That, 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 that is not looking good. But He beats AJ. If he beats AJ, is he going to go and fight Henan Ferreira in the PFL? No. He's going to go and fight the winner of Usyk versus uh, Fury. Yeah. That's where he'll get so much money. He'll get like 10 times the amount of money. Um, yeah, it'll be crazy for him to uh, 
to fight Hernan Ferreira. As much as I want to see him back in MMA, because mm-hmm. I think he's a great, you know, he's the lineal MMA champ, if we want to say that. Yep. UFC is the best belt you can get. PFL is trying. Bellator tried. The UFC is the top belt. Mm-hmm. Francis Ngannou did not lose his belt. Say what you like, John Jones, whatever. John Jones did not beat Francis Ngannou. He could have fought him earlier. He waited around, and then Francis left, and then he came, oh, now I'm a heavyweight. Is John Jones amazing? Yes, he's brilliant. But is he genuine? Is he the baddest man on the planet? Is he the heavyweight champ? No, in my eyes, it's still Francis Ngannou, and I still think Tom Aspinall beats both of them. So, yeah, so little rant there about John Jones, but mm. I think if you're in Garner, you're going where the money is and you're sticking in boxing. I mean, it's not like he stuck around and did a face-off with Ferreira, was it? it was, if, if, he, if he really wanted to fight Hennon Ferreira, he would have stuck around when Ferreira's arm was raised. Get the little marketing clip. Yeah, uh, you, you do a face-off after Joshua, you're next, blah, blah, blah. Didn't do any of it. Mm. I think he left. Mm. He left the stadium so they couldn't even get a shot of him. Mm. That's not a great look, is it? In terms of like for the PFL and for that fight actually materialising. Mm. But I'd much rather see Ngannou fight someone who could have been out of contract within the UFC. Like, I know that the first fight was terrible, but give me Derek Lewis, Francis oh, Ngannou. You can't mention this. It's about the I third would, time you've mentioned I this. I would love it. No. I, no, it no, would be no, good. No, no, I think no. it would be better. It, it can't be as bad as the well, first it fight. it can't be as bad. No. Like, it would be... I think it would actually be interesting. I think it could be good. Uh, and I think people would be way more intrigued to see Derek Lewis versus Francis Ngannou than Henan Ferreira versus Francis Ngannou, even with the first fight being so bad. This, this is true. This is true. But I don't think Derek Lewis is going to sign to PFL. Um, well, he's not now. He's just he's yeah. recently signed a new UFC contract. So, yeah. Yeah, not, uh, not great. But no. I don't know. Okay. I don't know, I'm just trying to. I'm still trying to look up. Saying <laughs> I'm so behind. I'm like, I really want to look this up, um, but I can't. Can't find it. Can't find it. So, okay. don't stress about it, mate. Don't stress about it. Was he light heavyweight? Oh, it's infuriating. PFL, make your website easier for me to look through. Well, I mean, has this event like did it? Did it get a lot of coverage? I don't know. Well, you know, um, we follow lots of the the, the platforms that, that are about MMA on, on the socials and it all seemed to get eclipsed by the UFC yet again. And oh, sorry, I have to interrupt you. Impakazang and I right. was the light heavyweight okay. champion of PFL. Yeah. Not welterweight, so light heavyweight. Right. There you go. Okay. That was the burning question. Were you Everyone there? watching this <laughs> was <laughs> desperate to know. Impakasangana. But here's the thing, yeah. I've just been trying to look that up for ages and I got a bit OCD about it and I had to kind of like, you know, work out what yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah. But does anyone care? <laughs> Is no. anyone watching this going, oh, Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> I really needed to know. Probably I, I, not. They don't care. I, I think this, the, the, this, you know, this collaboration between the two organisations comes at a, a strange time. It comes when the UFC are stacking cards that are so exciting, and and I think you've got to do something spectacular. Mm. And I think now, what they done at the weekend, I think was the fanfare. That was the best thing they could throw at it right the champions are fighting the champions 
but when your champions are Ryan Bader and, you know, Henan Pereira, it's like, is anyone that excited like about that? I don't know. They're, I mean, I'm, make no mistake, Ryan Bader was a, you know, a, a, a stud. And, you know, we saw him have some fantastic fights. But I don't know. Does that make us casuals that we're not excited about, you know, these, these fights in these other organisations? Perhaps. But I don't see much hysteria on the socials. It all got eclipsed by Ortega uh, and, you know, some, some people questioning the scoring on the uh, Moreno fight. Um yeah. Well, look, I, it, it feels unfair to some of the fighters because as we've just pointed out, and we're not blind to the fact that Johnny Eblin could be the best middleweight on the planet. Yeah, Nemkov, uh, Mix, sorry, uh, Nemkov. Some of these people, obviously now in Ghana, yeah. Jackson's some of these people, great. yeah, James Jackson's great. Um, some of these people could be the best fighters on the planet. Mm. The top kind of two or three in the PFL Bellator merger. Yeah could match up with a lot of the two or three maybe in the UFC. But the UFC is like the Champions League. Mm. And these other organisations just feel like they're the Europa League. It just yeah. it doesn't it doesn't get you in, mm. in the same way. And as you say, fights where it was champ versus champ. Look at this gimmick that we're doing. I mean, granted, we didn't get the fights that we really would have wanted, like, say, Kayla Harrison Cyborg would have been good because now Kayla Harrison's with the UFC and there's probably a few others out there that that, that didn't materialise. But we're talking more about who's potentially, and not even guaranteed, but potentially number one contenders yeah. in the flyweight and featherweight UFC divisions mm. over these what should have been epic champ versus champ fights and stuff like that and it's just yeah I don't know what they need to do I don't know if it's just about bringing stars over do they need to get Nate Diaz in to fight Jake Paul do they need to get Ngannou fighting someone other than maybe Henan Ferreira or just is Ngannou fighting in the PFL at all against anyone is that going to draw eyeballs especially if he beats Joshua maybe it will That that's the key that's the key is to get uh, a, a name that that diehard or, or even casual UFC fans. It's more about casuals, yeah, love, getting the casuals and, like, in. and pulling their eyes over to the PFL and having Francis or Nate versus yeah. Jake Paul or something like that, but then loading that card with some of the other stars that have probably never had that level of exposure before yeah. and showcase, you know, your, your AJ McGee's and, and your, your Jackson's and Nemkov's because mm-hmm. they're fantastic fighters, but... I don't think many eyes find their way over to, to, to watch it because PFL is the wrong three letters because yeah. uh, everybody's with the, with the UFC. What if they were on a different, like, don't get me wrong, I'm sure DAZN's great for what it does. I've, I've not really seen it. But, like, do they need to be on a platform that's free for a little bit? Like, I know Bellator was on BBC, but they weren't on BBC. They were just on, like, the iPlayer. Mm-hmm. And PFL did a little thing with Channel 4 for mm-hmm. a bit. But again, they were only on the Channel 4, like, YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Does a channel need to take them on and they go, look, we're going to put this stuff out for free? Whether it be Channel, I don't, well, Channel 5 have done it before and then Peppa Pig came on during Bellator. Do you remember that? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, Bellator, one of the Bellator main events or something like that in the UK ran too long and Peppa Pig just came on at like five something in the morning mate, or whatever. I'm all over so, Engano versus Daddy Pig, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that'd be great. Um, 
but yeah, so like, I don't, I don't know. They've sort of maybe tried these things before, but do they need it on a sport? Does it need to be Sky Sports? Mm. Does it need to be something? I just, I don't know what they need, but they need something because there's not, I don't know what the numbers would be for subscribers to DAZN. I have no idea. Maybe it's really good, but it's a boxing channel as far as I was concerned. Maybe it's a bigger deal in other countries because in the UK, we, I guess we're, we're so used to UFC but maybe, I mean, obviously, look at an organisation like Octagon, which is huge in Europe. Yeah. Yet over here, it's growing, obviously, but it's nowhere near the size yeah. it is across Europe. Maybe Bellator and, and the PFL have got, you know, a, a, a sufficient and growing audience in the States. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get that vibe. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure. But but competition is good. I, I don't want people to think, God, they're just slagging off non-UFC organisations. Like like, competition is great. Mm. If you've got, if the PFL and Bellator combined can, can create buzz and interest and do something that we're really, really excited Everyone's about. Everyone's a winner. And they put it on in a way that we can all access it easily enough. Mm then yeah, everyone's a winner. It's great. It gives the fighters more options. Um, they can go and get bigger money elsewhere. And I mean, the other thing, the thing that's going to be really interesting, and I know we're probably running long now, is there's this class action lawsuit against the UFC that at the moment is not looking great for the UFC. I don't know exactly what's going on with Explain it. Explain to listeners what, what that involves. What, what is that? <laughs> yeah, well, you're asking me for my, uh, my law degree that no, I have. No, 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 no. Just give no, us a brief I, overview of what, well, what that means. You're probably asking the wrong guy, to be honest. Right. But basically, there's contract disputes going on between um, a bunch of fighters and the UFC saying that they had a monopoly, which is illegal in America. I don't know if it's illegal over here as well. They have a monopoly on the sport, on the industry, and therefore they were able to underpay and give bad contracts to fighters from the time of like 2000. And again, it'll all be online if you want to look this up. But like, say it's like 2006 to 2016 or something like that. And basically, anyone who has been a fighter on the roster is part of that class action lawsuit. I think even like Conor McGregor or something like that. Um, is part of that lawsuit, even if they're not actively involved in the lawsuit because they were a fighter in that time. And basically, it's gone through a bunch of different appeals by the UFC to get it thrown out. It has not been thrown out. So it will go to court now, as far as I'm aware. And there are plenty of fighters on... Uh, as part of this class action lawsuit, which has multiple lawyers going against the UFC, saying... You had a monopoly, you underpaid, you gave bad contracts, you didn't necessarily treat fighters in the way they should have been treated. And a judge or maybe jury, I don't know, will have to decide based on all the evidence given whether that's the case or not. And if that is the case, if they find that they are in favour of, would it be the claimants um, in this case, then the UFC will have to pay huge sums of damages. I mean, astronomical. Now, they will probably pay that over the course of 30 years. So it won't be like they have to pay $1 billion. In It'll be over the course of a long time. But these fighters would hopefully get money that they feel like they were due. But also what it means is the contracts will change. So there is a world in which the contracts within the UFC where they're tying people down to really long contracts or, you know, you owe us eight fights and if it takes you 15 years or you don't complete all these yeah, fights, yeah, yeah. we can't really... Like George St. Pierre would love to go and do something else. He can't. Francis Ngannou had to really fight the system and we're aware of what mm. happened with him fighting against the UFC to get free agency um, and go and box and stuff like that. So 
that might now lead to a situation where it's maybe like we want five fights from you, but your contract is terminated after three years. So uh, after three years, you can be a free agent and go elsewhere. Whereas with Connor or like Nate's situation, when he tried to get free agency and stuff, they tried to, you know, keep him on the bench for a really long period of time, yeah. it seemed. Then they gave him Hamzat Shemaev, and luckily for Nate, Hamzat missed weight. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, they could completely change the contracts. In which case, you can see a world where if the PFL can stick around and do business and do okay, then all of a sudden the market really opens up to them because they could turn around to Israel Adesanya or Conor McGregor or anyone and say, we're going to pay you double what the UFC will to get you over here and fight our champion. And we'd give you a three-fight contract and we'll do whatever. And, you know, they can say that to these fighters. And then what you might get is you might get maybe more of a boxing model where mm. they've got, you know, WBA, WBO and whatever, mm. and we will have the PFL, the UFC and whatever we would have. For fans overall, it's probably worse mm. because you might have... Uh, well, it's worse in terms of like everyone would be scattered all over the place. You wouldn't have all the best fighters under one roof, which is what the UFC tends yeah. to more often than not offer, which is why we talk about the UFC more than any other organization. Mm-hmm. But um, if you have uh, the PFL, so I've slightly lost my train of thought, but basically if you've got all fighters under one roof, you're going to get the best fights, but it's not fair on the fighters. PFL could offer something different if these contracts are up quickly, then it gives opportunity for fighters to go across and fight whoever. You can get Jones versus Ngarni, you can get all that stuff. But again, this is just hyperbole. I don't know that this is all actually going to happen. And the other thing is the lawsuit <coughs> could get thrown out. We don't yeah. know. <coughs> so, yeah, we're not yeah, sure what's going to happen. won't because there's no corruption in, in mixed martial arts. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm sure that will never happen. No. <laughs> All right. Well, look, um, thanks for watching or listening. Um, If you are listening and you've not watched, then head over to YouTube and check out our our new channel because um, we put a lot of time and effort into creating this uh, lovely little sports desk where we have these chats. Um, You can watch some of the the fight um, pictures and stuff uh, on the big screen behind us. So uh, head over to to YouTube and just subscribe. That'd be really good. It helps us get our numbers up. Drop us a comment. Let us know what you uh, you think about... uh, some of the things that we've said on today's show um also go check out uh coming soon we've got uh, a fantastic chat with um uh, luke riley of uh cage warriors fame and, and one of the most exciting fighters in mma at the moment he's on an absolute tear at the moment and uh he's never in a boring fight that's coming soon and uh and i mean from the archives we, we, we mentioned it, somebody that's very much involved in in, in the pfl is uh, is dan hardy uh, we had a wonderful chat with dan we should try and reach out and get him back on yeah to we should ask him all about what's happening yeah uh, maybe with, he knows with... more about this class action lawsuit because uh, <laughs> I, I was rambling for about five minutes i don't yeah. really know what i'm talking about yeah absolutely so, yeah. and uh but yeah go uh go over to youtube and subscribe uh, and if you're listening to this on the podcast platforms uh, make sure you subscribe there as well and thanks for supporting the podcast and uh and if it's inspired you to go out to the gym and and have a little roll about or learn some some striking before you do that head over to ferociousfightwear.com and get yourself kitted out we're back next time in the meantime bye bye